Hello and welcome to episode 45 of Prosperity by the Pint. I'm your host, Bryce Carter, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, certified investment management analyst, and self-proclaimed millennial money expert. This is the podcast where we talk about money, investing, business, and life success, all while having a cold beer. The cold beer of the week is from Perrin Brewing Company, and it is a Blackberry IPA. And Perrin Brewing Company is out of Comstock, Michigan, which is uh, central western Michigan. Uh, I've been there. I've had this beer before. Uh, it's a very, it's a great atmosphere at the brewery. Uh, it's kind of like a warehouse, but great food, and uh, they have good beer. I've had this before. Uh, it's pretty good, but I'm going to give you uh, give you my tasting notes on it here. It's a... Uh, it's a little fruity uh, for my taste. I mean, it's blackberry IPA, so you expect the blackberry, but there's not a whole lot of IPA there. It's pretty much just blackberry. Anyways, what we want to talk about today is the stock market. We're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about uh, what the market did in 2019 and uh, maybe some thoughts on what's going on in the market today and just kind of give you some insights in those type of things. So the first thing I want to say is that I write a quarterly market update for our firm, Financial Strategies Group. It's uh, one of the tasks I look forward to a lot. Uh, I try and come up with different perspectives and ideas, and and I try to educate and uh, and and really temper the mood of the market, whether that's jubilant or or worried. It's what I try to do is try to educate and inform you about the market, so that way you're not making rash decisions. Um, and, and it gives me a chance to reinforce kind of the tenets of Financial Strategies Group's investment philosophy. I also learn a lot when I do the market updates because I research into topics and specific pieces of information that I may not know off the top of my head. So what I'm going to start out by saying is that the market had a phenomenal year in 2019. So um, depending on what market you're looking at, so U.S. large cap was up 31%, uh, small cap 25%, international developed securities were up 22%, emerging markets were up 18%. Uh, regular bonds were up 8% and long-term treasuries were up almost 15%. So basically all asset classes were up, up, up and and ended up being a banner year. Uh, You're going to have good years. You're going to have bad years. 2018, the year before, happened to be a bad year. So market was down 5%, uh, at least in the U.S. large cap space in 2018. So it bounced back and it bounced back bigly, bigly. I don't... In, in 2019, when Trump always says bigly, I don't know if whether he's saying bigly or bigly, but it bounced back big in 2019. So when I wrote the market update in the third quarter, there was some things that we were watching for the fourth quarter that I was really kind of concerned about and starting to be uh, a little bit of an issue. Um, so the main thing, uh, there was a couple of things that I talked about, but the, the and three things specifically, but the one that bothered me the most and that I was most worried about going into the fourth quarter. Uh, so what we're doing here is we're reviewing what I said in the third, qu- third quarter about the fourth and seeing whether I was right, wrong, or indifferent. So I start. I was worried in the third that the trade war conflict with China was actually starting to have a material impact on the economy, right? Up to that point, we hadn't really seen it have a material impact, but there was some data that came out about manufacturing and production uh, and even uh, services businesses that came out that was starting to really kind of show that markets were being negatively impacted by, and the economy as a whole, by the trade war. So 
we believe that in progress if it were to happen would be really positive for the markets and if it were to continue that could be a you know maybe an issue leading into a recession <clears throat> so what we ended up getting in the fourth quarter was phase one uh, announcement of phase one of a trade deal so I, on my computer and it's on it's going to be on the market update when that comes out live on our website is there's a chart that shows October 11th, that's when phase one of the deal was announced, uh, that since then, until the end of the year, markets essentially shot up. So emerging markets uh, at the start, of, started out the year, uh, and then in the fourth quarter, they were up 12.141%. They were kind of flat at the beginning of the year, then October 11th, phase one deal announced, boom, straight up. Um, S&P 500, 10.3% is where it ended, finished up up in the quarter, kind of flat at the beginning of the year. October 11th, deal announced, boom, straight up. So what ended up happening is we get a phase one uh, a deal announced. There was some you know, really speculation as to whether it was going to go through or not. But overall, the market believed that it was going to go through. It's supposed to be signed on January 15th. We'll see. Uh, and, and markets went up. <clears throat> Now, I couldn't know that that deal was for sure going to go through or whether it was going to be announced. It hadn't been announced yet, and I'm not a senior administrator in the, in, in the president's office, so I didn't know. But what I did know is that if, it, if we didn't start to see some progress, we were going to have a negative uh, impact on the economy. I can't even say that I knew that. That's what I believed. And I knew or believed that if we had positive direction on trade, which we ended up with, that we were going to end up with a positive reaction from the market that happened. So I was right, but I didn't know that that was going to happen. I didn't know that the trade deal was going to get announced, but I was right on the results of what would happen should that get announced. So it's good to have a nice, it's always nice to have a good year in the markets. Um, but you know, when we're looking backwards, it's really not all that helpful, right? Um, beer break. Yeah, uh, just a little too fruity. If we look back at markets, I mean, we can say, wow, 16 and 17 were great years and 18 wasn't and 19 was. And these are the reasons why that's great. That doesn't do us a lot going forward. And I'll be the first to tell you I'm not a, I'm not a market prediction person, right? But what I will tell you is there's a lot of things going on in our world that will impact how markets are going to perform uh, in 2020 and beyond. And I wanted to address the 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 the, the particularly headline um, running aspects of, of what's going on. So there's a couple of three topics in, in general that I want to address. The first one is being that there's an impeachment going on right now. The second one being it's an election year. And the third one is World War Three is trending on Twitter because of recent events in uh, in Iraq and Iran. So. These have people panicked. I get more questions about how election years are going to impact markets and whether we should even bother investing in election years than, than almost any question. It's, it's absurd. I also get questions about impeachment when I'm doing reviews with clients. So what I wanted to do is just kind of you know, address each one of these topics one at a time. So the impeachment thing, I'm going to, without getting political, I'm going to say, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I think it's a nothing burger. I don't think there's any chance that he's going to get removed from office in the Senate. Um, but for, I guess, a thought experiment, let's look at 
what the market did during Clinton's uh, impeachment trial. So the Clinton in, uh, impeachment event happened. Let me look at the date on this. I'm going to make sure I read you the, the correct dates. So it, it started in October of 98, and it wrapped up at the uh, beginning of 99. Uh, it looks like it was February of 99. So what did the market do during that period of time? So the S&P 500... During that time, the return was about 28.4%. And this is not even a full year. So this is less than a full year. So between you know October of 98 to February of 99, Clinton was getting impeached. It's all over the news. Everything's crazy. The world's falling apart. The president could be removed from office. Market was up 28%. So, I mean, just kind of an example of how hysteria can, can, can really, um, really, really lead you astray when it comes to investing. The next thing, elections. So this has happened since the beginning of my year, the, uh, my beginning of my career. People don't want to invest during election years or make changes during election years because they're worried about change and, and the election. Just because your newspapers and your news feed on social media is full of people hating on each other does not mean that the global economy shuts down and people stop going to work and businesses start trying to stop trying to profit. So the big thing I'm going to tell you here next is that election years – uh, are not really that big of an effect on markets. Um, so my brother explored this closely, uh, who was on last week, um, not last week, but last episode, colleague Brandon Carter um, wrote an article, really good piece called election years, what do they mean for stocks? It's on our website, fsgmichigan.com. And uh, I'm not going to read it to you in your entirety, but I want to, um, I want to read an excerpt from that. So the excerpt is, the big question is, of course, how have markets performed during election years? According to research by Dimensional Funds, average returns for the S&P 500 have been positive in both election years and years subsequent, subsequent to election years. Since 1998, the S&P 500 has had an average return of 11.3% in election years and 9.9% in the years following the election. Seems pretty good either way to me. So that's that's it. I mean, those are, I mean, would anybody complain with 11 or 9% return in, in 2020? I'd be pretty happy with that. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Um, and, and so, you know, there's a lot of statistics in this article that Brandon goes over about whether it's an incumbent president being replaced or, or winning. Um, and, and you can, you can look at that. It's on fsgmichigan.com. I might actually do a full episode on, on election years and what they mean for stocks. But the fact of the matter is, Markets aren't overly impacted by election years. Uh, that's that's really just noise. I will say the the one thing that does seem to come out of that um, is that when there is an incumbent that is replaced, markets do seem to grow by less. That's 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 one of the takeaways in the piece. But what I'll what I'll also say is that it's extremely difficult to look at the an election and say who's going to win and then base your investment thesis on who you think is going to win a presidential election. So let's not do that. Lastly, you have probably by by now heard that the U.S. eliminated a uh, Iranian general that was deemed to be a terrorist, uh, Soleimani. I hope I uh, got somewhat close on that. Um, and so there's been a lot of hyperbolic talk lately for media outlets, pundits, and, and on social media. World, World War III was even uh, trending on Twitter. But I was curious, and I don't think this is serious at all in the sense that we're not going into World War III as a result of this, but 
what did the markets do during various U.S. conflicts? So I looked at World War II, uh, World War I, Korean War, Vietnam War. I actually didn't have to dig very far on this because there was an article uh, posted in Fortune. I think Ben Carlson might have been the author of that very recently that went through all this. So there was already a research paper on the topic. So I took a look at that. And so during World War I, the market grew at about 8.7% a year. Not bad. I found that shocking. What I found even more shocking is the market performance during World War II. So you think of World War II and all the atrocities that occurred, but also uh, you're looking at a situation where global economies were essentially destroyed in addition. So you wouldn't think that markets would do well since markets are attached to the results of economy and uh, capital production. But World War II, the market did 7% a year. Uh, during the Korean War, market performance was about 16% a year. And during the Vietnam War, the market averaged about 5% a year. So, <laughs> I mean, the point is there's always conflict. There's always cause for concern in the world. Um, world War Three trending on Twitter uh, should not cause you to have hesitations about your overall investment strategy. But what I did want to say is that if you keep a focus on the long term and manage the things that you can control, you can control the amount of risk that you're taking. You can control how much you're saving. You can control how much you're spending. You can control your asset allocation. You cannot control any just about anything else in the investment world, right? You can't control what markets are going to do tomorrow as a result of somebody's speech, uh, whether it's President Trump, a Fed official, or Iranian state and media, right? It doesn't matter because you can't control it. So don't necessarily worry too much about it. We need to be focused on is the things that you can control, investment costs, how much you're saving, how much you're spending, how you're allocated, the amount of risks that you're taking, etc. If you focus on those things, keep saving, keep investing, you're going to do fine in the long term. That's this week's episode of Prosperity by the Fine. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Google Podcasts, iTunes, wherever you listen, that's where we are. Cheers. The topics that I discuss in this podcast are meant to be general information and educational only. I'm not giving you specific advice because I don't know you personally. In order to give you specific advice, you should work with an advisor or someone that can learn your specific situation and give you advice that applies to you. If I talk about a specific security, please keep in mind I'm not recommending that security. And don't forget, investing involves risk. When you invest, there's always the possibility of losing capital, which is why you should consult with a qualified, licensed financial advisor prior to investing.